First Samuel chapter 17, from verse 31 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word. Let me be a doer of your word. Not a hearer only. Not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit. Let me bring forth much fruit. To the praise. To the praise. And glory. And glory. Of God the Father. Of God the Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I will listen. I will listen. And obey. And obey. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to read from verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for them. What words did David speak? If you look at verse 29, and if you look at the above verse, verse 28, and you see verse 27, verse 26, and verse 25. You just go up, even if you begin to read from verse 20 onwards itself, you will see how David was given a job to do, and he was given a job by his dad to do. He was faithful to his father. Whatever he gave him, he took that and he said, I'm going to go and do this. And he went to um, where his dad wanted him to. And we saw this before, how responsible he was. He gave it to whomever he had to give to. And when he came and he saw this giant, what did he do? We saw how he looked at that and he said, what has been done about this? Has anyone done anything about this? And we saw no one did anything about it. He said, I'm going to be doing this and what shall be given, you know, to the man who does this, who defeats this. So in his mind already, he saw that this could be accomplished when everyone thought that this cannot be accomplished. In David's mind, it was already done. This is a small thing when everybody thought this was a huge thing. David thought this was a very small thing because he was moved by the spirit of God. I want to point out one thing that's very important here. What made David very different was David was anointed by God before any of these things happened. Prophet Samuel went and anointed David. When David was anointed by God, the spirit of God descended upon David. So whatever David was doing, he was moved by the spirit of God. He didn't just come, you know, with like an arrogant attitude saying that, hey, uh, I can bring him down. No, he was moved by the spirit of God. So the confidence that came through David was the confidence of the Holy Spirit that came through David. And so when David saw whatever was in front of him, which was a giant, that the people were afraid, David was not afraid at all because the Spirit of God was moving inside of him. Word from the Lord for each one of you here is, the need for the Spirit of God, the need to be in the spirit of God, the need to be dominated by the spirit of God should not be forgotten by God's people. Many times people forget the need for the Holy Spirit to dominate a person. They think that I can do it or I can't do it. They go by what they see. They say that, oh, this is big. I can't do this. So immediately they say that I can't do this. And then in other places they see something and they say, oh, I'm good at this. I can do this. 
what are they doing? They're taking the spirit of God out of that picture. There's no place for God to work. Anytime we put I there, there's no place for God to work. So God is speaking to the heart of this hour. David, he received the anointing of God. He was anointed to be a king. And even though he didn't position, you know, he didn't positionally take the place of the king, spiritually, he was a king, even though he was very young. He was functioning as a king who would lead his nation to war when all of them, including the king, didn't want to do what they should have done. King Saul didn't do what he was called by God to do. David did what he was called by God to do. Two things here, very important, you have to understand. A man who was called by God, who was much older than David, did not do what he was called to do. He was given a job and he was positioned by God in a place on a throne, but he did not do what God called him to do. He felt. But then you have a younger one who was anointed by God, called by God to do a task. He's not in the position yet, but he carries the anointing of God and he's functioning in that. And he is doing what God has called him to do. Big difference. One has more advantage over the other. Yet the other one who has the least advantage is making use of everything that God has given to him. God is asking you this question today. Are you using everything that God has given? Are you using everything that God has given? David could have just said, Lord, I know you have this and I have this, you know, drive inside of me to do this. But you know what? I'm not the king, Lord. You didn't seat me in that seat. Once you seat me in that seat, then I know that I can go and wage war with the enemy. But right now, it's not my role. It's King Saul's role. So he just didn't go back home. No. He was led by the Spirit of God. A young boy who did not have any room for self at all. He was totally dominated by the Spirit of God. So when the king, who also was anointed by God to do God's work, Failed to do God's work. The Spirit of God is moving someone else who will do his work. Warning here. We should never think that, well, God has no other choice. He will use me. Well, he said somebody prophesied that I'll be a prophet or somebody prophesied that I'll, my son will be a prophet or somebody prophesied that I'll be this or I'll do this. And so because, I, you know, it has been prophesied, no matter how I live, it is going to come to pass. News to you. It will not. When God calls someone, that someone must walk in the call of God. If you don't walk in the call of God, then you will not fulfill the prophecy that has been spoken by God over your life. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. How will it happen? When it will happen? When you walk in the will of God, when you do what God has told you to do, then whatever God has spoken over your life will come to pass. But if you don't do what God has told you to do, then what God has spoken in your life will not come to pass. You know why? Because you begin to walk in unbelief. Unbelief is hell's language. Faith is heaven's language. Those who speak hell's language will inherit hell's stuff. What is that? Loss, death, disease, doom and gloom, because those are Satan's stuff. He owns them. But God has life, life more abundantly. God said this, Jesus said this, the Lord Jesus, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come to give life and life more abundantly. 
So Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. You speak Satan's language. You will inherit what Satan has. See, you go to a store and you give the money to buy something. What you want to buy, you give the money for. And whatever you pay for, you get the pro- get the object or the item. So if you speak words of unbelief, you know what you will get? Whatever you pay for, you speak words of unbelief, you will reap what? Loss. Doom and gloom. Whatever Satan has, because it's connected with Satan and what he has. So unbelief is like the currency. What you pay in order to get what he has. Who has? Satan has. But faith is the currency that you use in order to get what God has. When you talk God's language, which is faith in God, not faith in yourself, faith in God, then you receive everything that God has for you. When you act upon what God has said, which is faith, then you walk in whatever God has for you. When you walk in unbelief, then you will end up in the land of failure. Well, when you walk in faith, you will end up in the land of victory. This is how it works. So when you look at David, David spoke all these things. What did he speak? If you read over here, he says, oh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And we said this can be accomplished. What is he speaking? Words of faith. Is he simply saying just to pump himself up or motivate, motivate others? No. He actually believed it. He actually believed that this guy is too small before my God Almighty. He actually believed it. Because he believed it, he expressed it. Unashamedly, he expressed it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What conviction you have inside of you, you should be able to unashamedly express that in front of the crooked and perverse generation that's out there. Unashamedly, are you able to speak out your conviction? Not arrogantly, unashamedly. When the king is scared, when his brothers are scared, when the older people are scared, and all of Israel basically they are scared, and they're all hiding in the tent, who is he? Who is he coming all of a sudden? A little fellow, half their size. Maybe below Saul's knee or whatever. Saul was so tall, the Bible says, there was no one taller than his shoulder. And David was so young. This little fellow coming and telling, this can be done. In the eyes of the rest of the people, look like crazy little one talking. Who does he think he is? He had no fear and no shame. You need to have no shame when you do the right thing. Unashamedly stand up for what you believe. That's what real faith is. Real faith is you're convinced. You are convinced that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. You're convinced about whatever God has told you. You're convinced that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. It's not like saying something, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I'm trying to psych myself up. No. You really believe it. You really believe it. You really believe it and therefore you speak. How was David able to speak it out? How were others able to see what he spoke and they were able to say that this guy is saying something. The king needs to know that he doesn't sound like a crazy person, even though he is little. How can the rest of the people think that he is not crazy? You know when? When you think that you're not crazy and you unashamedly take up, take a stand for the truth. When you are convinced of what you stand up for, and when you have the boldness to unashamedly stand up for the truth, the rest of the world will see your savior. 
that time they won't say that you're crazy. They'll know that you really have the real stuff. David was little. Little in the sight of men. First, first Satan used his own family members. He said, who do you think you are? Even though they were the ones who saw Samuel the prophet come and anoint him. Leave out all of them and anoint this little fellow. They saw all of that. They know who prophet Samuel is. They know he anointed King Saul. But you know what? Even though they saw that they didn't see it come to pass. Even though you don't see it come to pass when prophet Samuel says, it's true. You just need to wait. But what are they doing here? They turned around and they looked at David and they said, what's wrong with you? How come you're acting like this? What are you saying? Don't you see who this guy is? Are you asking for death? Get out of here and get back home. Did he listen to that? Number two. Number one, he unashamedly proclaimed what he believed. That's what real faith is. Real faith will actually express what a person believes regardless of who a person is before. He believed and he spoke. The Bible says, I believe and therefore I speak. So he really believed and he spoke unashamedly speaking out what God has spoken over our lives. David unashamedly spoke about the victory even before he got it. He just went and said, this is doable. This is doable. Now, when David said this, his brothers, they're saying, it's not going to happen. What's wrong with you? Second point. Write this down as the Holy Spirit is bringing this to us. David was not intimidated by the enemy working through his own brothers. And the Bible says there were many more people who spoke the same thing. So when you unashamedly speak out what God has revealed to you, initially people won't say, well, we appreciate your stand. You have such faith, you see. Come on, brother. We will give you the platform. No. You will have all hell break loose. You know why? The enemy knows. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got to squash this right now. He'll move 10,000 people. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand. Where did they come from? Agents of Satan moved by Satan. He brought all of them. This can't be done. This can't be done. This can't be done. Not only that. Who are you? Who are you? What did the enemy try to do to his own brother? Break him down. Break him down. To make him feel like, hey, you're a zero. Get out of here. But David was not intimidated by the words of the enemy. You know why? He had a bigger force than the forces of darkness. If you have a force that is bigger than the forces of darkness, no one in this world can bring you down. No one. No one. So David unashamedly proclaimed the truth. Being alone. David was not intimidated. He did not allow himself to be intimidated by anyone. Supposedly bigger than him. Supposedly wiser than him. Or they're older than him. 
He did not allow any of those things to come and push the plan of God that God had for him to accomplish. How many times God would want to do something? You see something go opposite and immediately, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's not God's time. Conveniently, we say it, don't we? Well, it's not God's time. Who said it? Lucifer? God didn't say it. It's not his time. It's the enemy that's coming to block the plan of God. You have to press in. You have to go forward. You have to fight. You don't say, well, it's not God's time. Well, my brother himself is saying this. You know, I need to obey my older brother. And so I'm going to go. Maybe when it's God's time, God will make everyone to agree with what I say. And at that time, I will go and fight. There are very good, self-righteous people who go completely against the plan of God, bringing all kinds of irrelevant scriptures, including honor your elders. Even if they go wrong, even if they go against God's plan, no. There's a way to do it in a respectful manner. You know, there are other Christians who act haughty. They think that they know everything and they have no regard for elders. Caution for you. Don't you do that. David did not do that. When he knew that his brother was wrong, he said, what did I do wrong? And that's it. He didn't go and argue with him. He didn't go and cut him into pieces and say, well, you know how to talk? I know how to talk too. No. He didn't go and tell him all the things that he did was wrong, saying that, hey, don't you have the God of Israel? What a covered you are. Why can't you go and say this? And, and you know, who is God? And he didn't go and stand there and be, give a big lecture of the Red Sea and what God did and all kinds of things. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't even stand before them and tell that, hey, you know what? I Didn't I tell you that God helped me to kill the lion and the bear? And he didn't go and talk to them about anything. There was no argument there. David did not allow himself to be intimidated by anyone. David was a humble man, young man, not arrogant, very humble. We saw how David didn't allow himself to be taken over by worthless fights. We're not going to talk about it. But the point here is, David knew who his God is, and he stood for what he believed, because he was really convinced. You know how Apostle Paul says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor persecution, nor starvation, nor hunger, nor whatever it is. None of these things. What are you saying? I'm convinced that convinced is very deep. You know, a lot of times we say it, people who sin, they say it. Oh, nothing can separate me from the... Say it. It's a shame. When we take God's scriptures and use it inappropriately. When Apostle Paul wrote it, when he said, I'm convinced, he was convinced. That means, like David, he went all over telling people what he believed unashamedly. That's what will happen when you're really convinced about something. Nobody can convince you out of it. You go and tell, no one can shut your mouth. When one tries to shut your mouth with lies, you push them and you go to the next one. You don't stand there and try to fight with them. No. He moved from that person, moved to the next one. When that one tried, he moved from that person next. In his mind, it's very similar to Prophet Samuel when he came to anoint. When he thought that the first one was the king, the Lord said, go to the next one. 
he didn't stand there and say, well, Lord, give me all the reasons as to why and show me all this guy's private life. No. When he said, this is over, go to the next one. Or oh, not this one, go to the next one. We're here to do the will of God. Not to do things that we're not called to do. Not to get ourselves involved in nonsense. Samuel was not like that. David was not like that. When David saw that his brother was suppressing the work of God that God was doing through him. He just turned to the next one. And that one also tried pulling him down. And he turned to the next one. And the Bible says, so many people try doing that. But someone was able to take what David said. I want to take you to this verse. We see, what did he say? So let's just go here. Let's go to verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? His his care for God and his people was so much. He could not bear the reproach with which this Goliath was reproaching God's people. Only one little fellow came and said, This needs to be taken away. This reproach needs to be taken away. How many of you really have the burden for souls? How many of you really cry in your house and cry over the lost and say, Jesus died 2,000 years ago and we still have people dying from drug addiction. We still have people dying from immorality. We still have people going to witches and warlocks and all those people for healings and going all over the place. And you see immorality like sewer going all over. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus died 2,000 years ago and he did so much when he was here. The apostle did so much when they were there. All of them who came through the apostle teachings, they all got strong and they all went all over like wildfire. It was not just the 12 people going, turning the world upside down. We had a lot more. To the point that the Jews got very scared. The Greeks got very scared. Wherever they went, people who were dominated by Satan got very scared. What is happening in our community? Where is Jesus in all we see? We have psychiatrist hospital, psychiatric hospital full of patients. Many can be delivered. Why I say many? Because some want to say that way. Many can be healed. Many people are dying from suicide. Some do know. Many don't know about Jesus. Many are dying today. Every day, every minute, hundreds of people are dying. And we have Jesus. How many of you have burden and you go and you cry, Lord, 2,000 years. It's been 2,000 years, Lord, you died. And when you were here, you did so much. And you were still saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty for souls. Every day he's looking at you and saying, I'm thirsty for souls. I died for you. Not for you to be barren. What are you doing to live for him? How many people have you brought to the Lord? How much burden do you have for souls? Are you weeping for souls? Are you saying, Lord, I don't want to see another person die. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to live. No. Do you know what? Even if 100 dies and if you're able to save 25, it's a victory. Because narrow is the way. Only 25 will choose to go in. But you know what? If I don't do anything, even those 25 will go to hell. It took one person to bring the Goliath down. God is calling you today. What 
have you done? It's been 2,000 years since Jesus died. And we're still seeing, you know, conveniently we say, oh, God said, you know, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast the devil. What is happening here? We say all those things, but what are we seeing in reality? In real life, what are we seeing? Don't we see death? Don't we see disorders? Don't we see disasters? Don't we see divorces plaguing many churches? Don't we see pornography plaguing many churches? Don't we see? Don't we see immorality? Many, many homes, Christian children, are not even in the house of God. Don't we see? We see destruction after destruction after destruction taking. You see alcoholism, drug addiction everywhere. Immorality, kids born out of wedlock everywhere. Where is Jesus here? Where is the truth here that can set people free? How many people has it set free? Know why many are still bound? Because truth has not reached to them. The truth is not you just stand and say, well, Jesus came and you want Jesus. And if you don't want Jesus, I'll go to the next person. No. Do you have the power? Truth carries power. The truth that Jesus talked about is the truth that sets people free. Not just talking truth, but that truth walks. That truth manifests. The truth does something. God is speaking to our hearts today. I pray that the spirit of God will move you into action. Really go to God and say, Lord, if I have to live, I want to live for you and make a difference in this world. Otherwise, I don't want to live. I'm not telling go die today. No. If you pray that, God will do something inside of you. You're not going to die because God is wanting you to die. If your prayer is sincere, go to God because he has the power to change you. He has the power to do something inside of you. So David does something here. He spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? Many people are reproaching our living God. You know why? They haven't seen Jesus in action. They were laughing and mocking. Yeah, I know. Even while Jesus was here, people laughed and people mocked. But there's a difference there. Multitudes followed him. You'll always have Satan's agents. But you know what? You will see babies born in God's kingdom. You will see babies grow in God's kingdom. You will see babies grow and multiply. And more babies born in God's kingdom. That is the real work of the Holy Spirit. If that is not happening, babies, you know, think about this. Every Sunday after Sunday, you see babies coming. And they're sucking their thumb in the front row. Milk! More milk! I'm so happy, more milk. I got one. Tummy full and goo goo ga 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 ga. We all drank and we all go home. Very happy. Next Sunday come. Milk, more milk. Very happy. Tummy's full. We all wag, you know, hands wag our tail, but move our legs and hands and very happy because we got tummy full, sweet milk, sweet milk. It has to be sweet milk. Say what I want to hear. Bless me. And I will go because I shall be a blessing. You see the tone of it? This is about the kingdom of God. This is about the kingdom of God. Three months, four months, you can suck your thumb. Two years old, going around like that, it's not a good thing. Going to preschool, some kids do. And they have to be redirected to stop. It's not a good thing. 
Imagine going to second grade, sucking your thumb. Fourth grade. Playing video games, sucking your thumb. 14 years old. Something is wrong with that picture. We must grow. The word of God grows us. We must grow from faith to faith. We must have that zeal. Babies won't know. Two month old baby won't know if a stranger will come and pull the mother. The baby won't know. Four month old baby won't know. One year old baby will know something is happening. But two, two and a half year old will scream. They'll try to attack or do something to protect the mother. Four year old, five year old will act some more. The bottom line is the zeal for the Lord will grow as you grow spiritually. When you get that understanding of God, I got to defend the name of the Lord. I got to bring souls to Jesus. We can't see souls perish and go to hell. The burden has to grow. As you grow in the Lord, there has to be an increasing burden that needs to be there. If it is not there, something is wrong with that picture. Uncomfortable year after year. Come in the house of God. I'm fine, Lord. How about you? You fine? Thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. And we're going home. You give me some more comfort when I go home. And when I die, I'll see you face to face. God will ask us, what have you done with the blood I gave you? What have you done with the blood I gave you? You know why? His blood is meant to make us powerful, to make us like Jesus, to multiply what he's given into our hands. No one should be like that servant who went and stood before the master and he said, well, you gave me only one and if I, you know, do something with it, you may say something about it. And so I really kept it really safe and here is one. I didn't do any damage to it. Well, do you think that Jesus said that, that he was appreciated? Well, you really took good care of that one thing I gave you and uh, I really appreciate you for keeping it. Even if you don't do anything about it, you at least gave that back. No, 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 no. Whatever God gives to us, he expects us to multiply. You know why? He's given us the power to multiply. That's the key. Know what God has given you. God has given you the power to multiply. God has given you the power to take away the reproach that is upon the face of our father. You have the power. You have the power to stop that devil from going around taking the lives of people. You do. Many times. Because people give themselves over to sin. They become ineffective. You know, a a person who can really work and bring income to the home and take care of the family and everything. Suddenly they're overcome by alcoholism or drug addiction. What happens? Or COVID, what happens? They can't do anything anymore. Even if a thief comes to kill his wife and children, he can't do anything. He is impotent. He can't do anything. We don't want to be Christians like that. Who say that, I love Jesus. If God can only open my heart and see how much I love him. Yes, he does. If you really love him, you will show it. David loved God with all his heart. And he couldn't bear to see this uncircumcised Philistine reproach the name of God Almighty. And he said, what shall be given to this man? Because there has to be something that's done. You guys are not doing anything. And so, the people answered him, 
in this manner, saying, so it shall be done for the man who kills him. Now, this is what David talked about. He's saying this can be done. And the words that went into the ears of these people, that this can be done, is what caught some of the people's attention. We need to know, no matter how the enemy may move in order to stop the will of God, God's will will always prevail. That means he'll move someone else. Satan moves people. God moves people too. So don't look at the agents of Satan and say, Oh my God, everyone is against me. Where's God in the picture? If everyone is against you, that's wrong. Because God is for you. God will have somebody who is for you to favor you to do what needs to be done. Or else he will send an angel for you. So your eyes should be upon God and not upon people. So when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. What happened? Somehow, the guys who heard David's word or his words didn't see his size. Didn't think that he was simply wasting their time. Didn't think that he was too young to go and stand before Goliath. Somehow, the words of David did something to some people moved by the Holy Spirit. They said, well, we need to go and tell this to the king. And they could have all completely dismissed this and pushed him home. It didn't happen that way. You know why? God was behind David. When there's a move of the Holy Spirit, no force on hell can ultimately, I use the word ultimately, stop the move of the Holy Spirit because temporarily Satan will try every way to block the move of the Holy Spirit. And then you know what happens? As God's word says, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against the enemy. He allows the enemy to come in like a flood. He just comes like a flood, makes a big scene. Then the God who is bigger than the enemy makes a bigger scene and squashes the works of darkness. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What is in front of you? What are you meditating on? Are you meditating on the scriptures or are you meditating on Satan's words? Are you meditating on who God is? Or are you meditating on what the enemy is showing? Our focus has to be on God and God alone. Now, let's just go here. A few more minutes and I will conclude as the Spirit of the Lord leads. So David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Again, what do you see here? The zeal. He has spoken this about God's Armies, the armies of the living God, the zeal of the Lord, ate Jesus up when he made that whip and he whipped everything out of there. Nobody did that. The Pharisees were there, the Sadducees were there, business was going on as usual until one man, Jesus, the son of God, stopped what was happening. You know why? Because only that one person had the zeal of God. It's a sad thing. It's a very sad thing. No one cared about what was happening in that temple. No one voiced it. 
Yeah, there could have been people who said, oh, this is wrong. We don't agree with it. But no one had the boldness, the courage, the love for God, enough love for God to stand up unashamedly to proclaim the truth except for the Lord Jesus Christ. So here, David, in this situation, he's coming here and he's now talking to Saul. Think about this. If Saul was so tall, and the adults in Israel, no one was about his shoulder. And David is so young, he's coming and standing before tall, before Saul. Imagine how little he would have appeared. And for David to look at Saul, he was not moved by Saul's appearance. And now there's the king of Israel, he was not moved by his title, his position. He's telling him who his God is and who his enemy is. And we can't let him continue, he needs to be closed. His mouth needs to be closed. Do you have that zeal? It's only those who have that zeal will be used by God, by the way. Only those who say, I cannot see another soul die, oh Lord, and cry at the foot of the cross. Lord, I cannot see another family split, oh Lord, and they cry at the feet of the Lord. It's only those who say, Lord, I don't want to see another sick person die. It's only those who will be used by God. Lord, I don't want Satan taking another person to hell. It's only those who will be used by the Lord to save others. It's not just a one-time thing, an emotional thing, but it's a continuous prayer. Because they're walking with God. They have that passion that comes from God. There's a transfer, that's a download that takes place from God Almighty into them. That they cannot be without doing their father's business. They cannot. They cannot. Morning, afternoon, night. Every waking moment, this is what they have in their mind. Oh Lord, souls, people, souls, people, souls, people. They walk with God. And according to the leading of the Lord, they come and do what God had called them to do. So he is there in front of Saul and he says this. Let's just read verse 33 first. And Saul, let's read verse 31 onwards. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Look at that. Look at that. He didn't think about himself. He didn't think about he was going to die. He didn't think about what's going to happen. What if he stabs me? What if he just lifts me up by my hair? I'm so tiny. Nothing. What if this king laughs at me? Nothing, unashamedly, convinced of what he believed. He went and he spoke unashamedly the truth that God had put in his heart. What do you say? I will go and fight. Who is he? He's, the king doesn't want to fight. His commander doesn't want to fight. His own brothers who were soldiers, they didn't want to fight. But he's going to, I will go and fight this giant. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. No one's heart, he's, he's coming and encouraging everybody. He's saying, let no one's heart fail. Little fellow, I love him. Little fellow, big in the sight of God. Because he walked with God, a giant, a spiritual giant, much bigger than any giant on the face of the earth. In his heart, huge warrior. A man, a young boy, but a mighty man of character. He just goes and stands before Saul. He says, no, 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 nobody should 
worry. Nobody should fear. Nobody. What is he trying? What is he doing here? He's not trying. What is he doing here as God's servant with the anointing of God? He's imparting faith. He's imparting faith into the hearts of all those who are hearing him. Once he got the audience, once he got the group of people who would listen to him, before you had a whole bunch of people who didn't listen to him, they were all trying to shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But now God moved him to a place where he has some people who are willing to listen. And what is he doing? The moment he got that opportunity, he's imparting faith. That's the first thing that needs to happen. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement, don't be afraid. You know, as a servant of God, as young as he was, when he said those words, it actually imparted faith into the hearts of those people because he had the anointing of God. When he said, let no one's heart fail, it did something to them. Then he said, your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Saul has been brought to this place now where he can even have a conversation. He could have just said, hey, take this crazy kid out. Why do you bring him to me? Insulting me. He could have said that. No. Something happened into Saul's spirit when David spoke that first sentence. Now Saul is beginning his conversation. While he's speaking now, the devil is also busy. He's trying to say, let me see how I can pull David and stop him from going. So Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth. Number one, why are you disqualified? And he, a man of war, why? He is bigger than you. Man of war from his youth. Hey, you are just seeing your teenage years. He, from his teenage years, he has been a mighty man of war. And look at not only his size, he knows what he's doing. You have no idea. You're talking about something that you have no idea of. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. See, giving an answer at the right moment is from the spirit of God. He didn't say, you're right, O Saul, my king. He is greater than me. And I am very little. You're right. Maybe I shouldn't go. Why don't you go? He didn't say that. He was not intimidated by the king's words. Saul couldn't intimidate David and stop him from fulfilling God's assignment that God had for David. So if you look at Saul, even though God moved in Saul, you see Satan's work. So there's a dual, a dual work that you see that is taking place where God is trying to work through Saul to achieve what God wants to, and Satan is fighting. So Satan now, Saul gave him an audience, and Satan is now trying to take that away. And he says, let me stop here. Let me show Saul how small David is and how big Goliath is. And David didn't talk about his size. He didn't talk about Goliath's size. He didn't talk about how Goliath is a warrior and he is not. No. He spoke about what God had done through him. It's about God. So he says over here, your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lion from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. So what is he saying here? He says, look, this is what has happened. When a lion or a bear came 
and took a lamb. This is what I did. And I went out, went out after it and I delivered the sheep or the lamb out of the mouth of the lion and out of the mouth of the bear. I took, I delivered. This is such a deadly creature. God did this through me. And the very same God who did this through me will also give me the victory. And he says, again, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is defying the armies of the living God? The zeal of the Lord. We need to have zeal. We need to have the anointing of God. Our our zeal for the Lord should be driven by the anointing of God. Otherwise, just pure, pure zeal minus the anointing of God will end up in disaster like fanatics do. The zeal of the Lord that is driven by the Holy Spirit will produce holy desires, will produce holy productive results. The zeal of the Lord led by the Holy Spirit will produce holy or godly desires, producing godly or holy results. Just zeal without the Spirit of God will end a person in disaster, will make them into a fanatic. You know, like how we see terrorists. They have a lot of zeal. But that zeal is inspired by Satan, not by the Holy Spirit. And it produces death, not life. But when the zeal is driven by God, through the anointing of God, it produces life. That's the difference there. So, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David's faith in God that came through his walk with God and through the spirit of God who was moving him to say these things to Saul talked about the power of God. See, when it came to his fight with the enemy, it was through the power of God that he was accomplishing all these things. And he says, through the power of God, I'm going to accomplish this. In our lives, whatever we are facing, understand this, through God, and he said this, David said this, through God, I shall do valiantly. It is he who shall tread down my enemies. Who? Through our God. Through our God, we shall do valiantly. That means through him, I will do great things. And who is actually going to suppress or subdue my enemy? God Almighty. So through him, I will obtain the victory. He has given me already the victory. So David is now speaking to Saul from a place of victory. He's not saying that, okay, this can happen. No, he says this will happen because he knew that his God is all powerful. He knew that this is the will of God. He knew that this will happen beyond a shadow of a doubt. This will happen. So. I'm not going to go into the next few verses. I'm going to go straight to one scripture that God wants me to. One context. Let me just go there. So Saul is trying all his stuff on David. So we're going to just skip 38 and 39. You can just read it on your own. It's important, but just read on your own. And now verse 40, you see, then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. This is very important right now. This is the very important part of the message we're coming to. So please pay attention. He took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So what did he have? He took his staff 
And he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his bag, shepherd's bag, in a pouch and with a sling in his hand. So he has a staff and he has the stones in a pouch and he has his sling in his hand. These are things that the Lord told him to take and those are things that he took and went. Now, when he went to fight against the bear, he didn't use the sling and the stone. So, David was not relying on his ability and what he knew and what he practiced. He was relying on God, what God wanted him to do. With the lion and the bear, he went and he tore, you know, the, the, the lion, the mouth of the lion, took the bear and he brought, took the sheep or the lamb and he brought it out of the hands of the bear and from the hands of the lion. But when he had to go through, he, he fought with his hands. He fought with his bare hands. That's what he tells Saul. But when he goes before the Philistine, he doesn't say that, well, this is how God led me. So I'm going to do the same thing here. And I'm just going to go. No, no sling, no stones, no stuff. And he just didn't go and say, let me just fight with my hands. No. The spirit of God, according to each circumstance, will give. According to the circumstances that we're going to face, he will show us what we need to do for each circumstance. It's very unique how God will lead us. This is who our God is and this is how he leads us. So with David going before Goliath, when he had to go, the spirit of the Lord led him to go and get five smooth stones and get that sling and have the staff with you and go. So he took this and he went. So the Philistine came. And began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. They had two people coming. This guy was already big and he needed someone to carry his shield with him. And he's also going before him. And this is this one little fellow. Just He's going on his own by himself. But God Almighty is in him. He's working through him. When the Philistine looked, when he looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you a flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear. And with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. 
but there was no sword in the hand of David. I won't stop right here. I'm just going to take you to the previous verses, few more verses, and we are going to conclude here. So now he, we see here God leading David in a very unique way. Where God tells him, take the stones and take the sling and take the staff with you. And he took the staff, he took the stones and he took the sling and he walked. He did what God told him to do. You see the enemy coming, Philistine coming, and you see his armor bearer coming. And they have everything they need to protect themselves. And and you have someone who is carrying the shield and everything looks good. And, and everything looks favorable to Goliath. Because he says, oh my goodness, look at this opponent, a little fellow coming. But something glorious here that God did. Where, when Goliath came walking, you see, the first thing he tried to do was intimidate. Put fear into David. All the people that tried to stop David from bring this giant down they all did the same thing so the devil did the same thing through his brother through the other people through Saul now it's coming through the opponent himself Goliath and he looks at him and he says this he says am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and he's cursing David by his gods a curse without a cause will not rest Upon God's people. So no matter what the Philistine does here. To really break David down. It's not working. It's not working at all. This is one young boy. Who was immovable. Nobody could move him. Because he had the spirit of God inside of him. So you see here. The, after this, the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He's telling, look, this is what I'm going to do. What is he doing? Trying to put fear into him. Can you put fear into the heart of someone who has God there? No. The Philistine is speaking, this Goliath is speaking, and he's saying, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to give you a flesh to the birds of the air, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And what is David doing? He actually gets even more bolder. He said, this is what you're going to do? Look what I'm going to do. Look my God, what my God is going to do. And he says, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You come with a sword and a spear and a javelin. That's all you have. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Look at the zeal. And how many times did we read him talking about the armies of Israel? Him defying the armies. See how it's inside of me. His blood is boiling. Looking at what this guy is saying. God is with him. God is with such people. We're really moved by the Spirit of God to do what God has called them to do. And it's a beautiful thing that happens here. So as this guy says, oh, you're going to be done. David says, you're going to be done. There's a very smart move of the Holy Spirit through David that took place here. He took his stick and he had his sling and he had his stones. As this fellow was going with the stick, 
What did Goliath see? Did Goliath see the sling? No. Did Goliath see the stones? No. What did he see? He saw the stick. And Goliath's eyes is on David and his eyes went on his stick. And he says, oh, this how you're coming. You're coming to me with a stick. Now, we don't know how exactly David went. David had a stick in his hand. Goliath's focus is on David's stick and on the size of David. Meanwhile, David has his stones in the pouch and he has the sling, which Goliath didn't see. God hid David's weapon from the eyes of Goliath. This is a very important point here. God hid the weapon from Goliath's eyes. Only God can do that. God caused him to look at something else that is totally irrelevant. Now, David wasn't bringing the stick to say, I'm going to beat Goliath from here. He can't even reach him. But God had Goliath look at the stick and totally get distracted. Now, David could have gone to the stick and say, you are coming, you know, um, you are coming to take my, you know, whatever head off and flesh off and whatever you're going to do. But look what I'm going to do. And whatever Goliath said, David would have, David could have responded. He could have had a stick in his hand and said, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord of whose he could have done that. Goliath would have said, oh, he has a stick over there. His focus was on the stick. But very strategically, within like seconds, God had him suddenly take out that sling and the stone. By the time he's looking at the stick, he was done, gone. This is who our God is. The enemy thinks, hey, I got him. You're coming with a stick. But you know what? Guess what? He wasn't coming with a stick. He came with a sling and with a stone. But the enemy was not able to see the weapon that God used through David. He didn't see it. How can he see it if he's dead? He didn't see it before. He didn't see it after. If he would have known that he's coming with this, he would have been a little more careful. God hid it from him. And you know what? David was very smart. David didn't say, well, you come with the sword and with the javelin. Javelin, look at me. I'm coming with the sling and with the stone. And God has used this before to bring monkeys down or whatever he could have said. But you know what? I have this now. I'm going to bring you down. He, no, 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 no. This is where many people make mistakes. When you should not open your mouth and say things before God does it, they come and say, well, I have this and I'm going to do this. And they think that they have to make a big announcement of what they're going to do. And before they could even do it, that plan is foiled by the enemy. Be careful with what you speak. David was very smart. He didn't go and say, well, it's not the stick I'm using, by the way. There are people who try to immediately feel like, oh, they saw the wrong thing. And they thought that I'm coming with a stick. I'm not just a fool to come with a stick. I have a sling and I'm an expert in this. And no, you don't see David talking anything. He had the wisdom of God. He didn't say what he should not have said. He took the stick with him. We don't know. God could have made him take the staff with him to confuse the giant and make him look at the stick while he's just going to get that sling and get him down in seconds. This is who our God is. When we operate under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God will confound the enemies. He'll confuse them and he'll bring them down in seconds. This is how powerful our God is. God is speaking to our hearts today. Oh, blessed that is the nation whose God is the Lord. If we are led by the spirit of God, if we are led by the living God, we have nothing to fear. We have no one 
to fear. We have nothing to fear. We have to say that. If God is for us, no one can be against us. Whatever God wants to do in our lives, it has to be done thoroughly in our lives, through us, in the lives of others. When the enemy tries to come to take away what God has for us, we need the Spirit of God to direct us to speak when we should speak, to not speak when we should not speak. When we, when we know that God has called us for something, it's important for us to rely on the Holy Spirit for the method that God wants us to use. Yes, God gave us victory over the lion and over the bear. We might have used our hands there. This time it's different. David knew that each time it's different. God of the impossible. He's with us. God of the impossible. He's standing by our side. God of the impossible. He is there to deliver us. Not only from the hands of the enemy, but through us deliver many people. So if we have to go and bring people for Jesus Christ, we need to be people who carry Jesus Christ. We need to be people who bear him. We need to be people who have him. We need to be people who are led by him. We need to be people who hear from him. We need to be people who see him. We need to be people who are given over to him. We need to be people who will do anything for him. Unashamedly proclaim what God has proclaimed. You know, there are people, even though they know the truth, for them, the greatest thing is, what will he think? What will she think? What will they think? Who cares? What will they think? What will he think? Many people don't live a life because they're always concerned about what they think. Their whole lives are run by what people think. What people think. It'll ruin you. If you live for people, Satan will control your life through people. But if you live for God, your life will be dominated by the Holy Spirit. Be useful in the hands of the Lord. Not only will not the enemy have power over you, you will have power over the enemy. Through you, others will be snatched from the hands of the enemy. Because of David, his entire nation was spared. Because of David, the enemy was brought down. The one who was defying the armies of the living God. His mouth was stopped once and for all. He was someone who unashamedly proclaimed what he knew was the truth. He was someone who did not allow himself to be intimidated by anyone, whether it was his flesh and blood or it was his king. He was someone who refused to do anything other than what God would want him to do. And the king said, wear this, wear that, wear that. He didn't try to please him and just wobble and go carry himself. No. He knew when to say no. And he was someone who knew how to listen to the Holy Spirit and take the stuff and take 
the sling. Take the stones and go and stand before the giant. He was not someone hastily saying, that, well, I'm going to go and just leave everything and just run. No, he went and he picked up five smooth stones. He would have prayed while he was doing that. And God would have told him, David, this style, you're going to do it. Take the staff with you. I'm going to confuse that guy with the staff. He's going to look at you and think that you're coming with a stick. He's not going to have a clue that you're going to have this. David never mentioned about the sling. Never mentioned about it. He mentioned about God. Because he knew that his victory is coming from God. He needs to hear that. He that needs to hear the name of the Lord. These people who call themselves as God's people, who are sitting over there, scared, who have given themselves over to the threats of this giant, giant, this enemy, uncircumcised Philistine, they also need to hear about the living God. Let them all hear. Let both parties hear. And he stood there alone with whole heaven standing with him. May you be like that. God's word says in this crooked and perverse generation, shine us lights. Shine us lights. There's enough darkness everywhere. Plenty of darkness everywhere. God wants you to shine his light that you put inside of you. How much light do you have? Are you going to him to get more light? Are you running and doing your own thing? David was not self-driven. He was God-driven. He was not self-motivated. He was God-motivated. David was someone who never spoke whatever he wanted to speak. God spoke through him. He knew when to keep quiet and he knew when to talk. He knew what to talk and what not to talk. That's why the secret of that sling and those stones stayed with him until people saw him fall. Only then they knew, oh, he brought him down with a sling and a stone. God is looking for people who are dominated by the power of the Holy Spirit, so dominated by the Holy Spirit. They will not do a thing unless they are led by God. They will not speak a thing unless they are led by God. Whatever they do, there is a definite purpose to it. When you live such a life, it's worth living. That's when our lives will become really worth living. We're different than the birds of the air. We're different than the people who are out there, who just live like another animal. But we're not called to be like that. We're called to live for Jesus. We're called to live a life of power. We're called to live a life that will make difference, not one or two, but countless, not countless number of people. Look at how much God did through David. A vessel yielded to God, dominated by God. A young shepherd boy who was led by God, who had the zeal of God, who saw the problem and did something about it because he always carried the presence of God. Wherever he went, God was there. He didn't know when he left his father's house to bring cheese and and food for bread and cheese for his brothers. He didn't know that Goliath is going to be there and he's going to see. And he didn't think about what he was going to do. No. If you live with God and always have God with you, wherever you go, God will lead you. 
wherever you go, whatever impossible situation may be, God will give you a solution for that. You don't have to give into fear. You don't have to give into what anyone will pressure you to do. You don't have to. You shouldn't. You need to have the courage that comes from God Almighty to stand up for what is right and to see God move heaven and earth for you. Simple sling and a smooth stone brought the giant down. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was there. When David took it, when he started spinning, whose hand was upon his hand? God's hand. As he proclaimed, my God, whom you have defied, is going to give me the victory. And this is what is going to happen. What did he do? He actually spoke the victory before he actually saw it happen. We people of God should be people who speak God's words according to God's terms. Then we will see God's results. Speak God's words according to God's terms. That means what? You walk with God and then you speak God's word. It'll work. You don't walk with God and you speak God's word. It's not going to work because it's not according to God's terms. But if you're walking with God, you can speak God's word according to God's terms. And heaven will back it up. God will come there to the scene. God's hand will be there. There's no wastage of words here. If you look at David. No me, myself, and I here. If he's telling his spiritual experiences, he has to tell it to Saul. To show what God accomplished in him and through him. He told the Philistine, this is what my God is going to do. Watch out. He knew how to shut the mouth of the enemy. Many people let the enemy scream. Scream and scream and scream and scream and scream. And, and they they say, my ears are hurting because the enemy is screaming all the time. Satan is talking all the time. Okay, Satan is talking. What are you doing about it? Oh, Satan is showing. So what are you doing about it? Because you have the spirit of God inside of you. You have the power to stop it. David used the power God put inside of him to stop the mouths of the enemies. All of them who came against him. Ultimately, Goliath himself. Put to use what God has given to you. Do it God's way. Never boast about yourself. Boast in the Lord, God Almighty. Speak what God wants you to speak. When the enemy speaks defeat, speak victory over the enemy at that very moment in silence. Drown the voice of the enemy. If he is trying to give you a headache, give him a bigger headache. If he's trying to raise his voice, you raise your voice louder than his. Speak God's word over your circumstance. Speak God's word over your children. Speak God's word over your health. Speak God's word over your children's health. See it come to pass when you do it with faith in your heart. You don't psych yourself up to get something, but you say it because you believe it. That's what real faith is. You say it because you believe it. You say that, well, I don't have the faith to say it. Then go on your knees before God and think about all the things that God has done for you and worship him and praise him and take the word of God and read. Listen to messages like this. And do what you should do. Sometimes there may be some door, a little window open. Where Satan is sitting over there and he said, this is my place. At that point, you need to get him out. Submit to God means you submit to God in every area of your life. 
then when you resist the devil, you'll have victory over the devil in every area of your life. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord at this hour, give yourself over to God. Tell the Lord, Lord, my life is about you. Fill every part of me, every part of me. Fill every part of me with you, Jesus. Until the world can see you, only you in me, Jesus. That's the supernatural power of the Almighty God. If a little boy, a young teenage boy can bring down the giant, when the entire nation of Israel were living in fear. That's the supernatural power of the Almighty God. That's the supernatural power of the Almighty God. The people that day saw the God of David. And he said, they will know that there's a God in Israel. Hallelujah. People need to know who your God is by your life. By the victory that they see in your life. Fill every part of me, every part of me. Fill every part of me with you, Jesus. Until the world can see you, only you in me, Jesus. Fill every part of me, every part of me with you, Jesus. Until the world can see you, only you in me, Jesus. Fill every part of me, every part of me with you, Jesus. More of you, less of me, less of me, Jesus. More of you, hallelujah. Let this be your prayer. Let God fill every part of you as he filled David. Let every part of you be filled with the presence of God. Let every part of you be filled with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let every part of you be filled to the overflowing. That anytime you talk, let it be the words of the living God. Hallelujah. Let there be no unnecessary talk. Let there be no double talk, devil talk. Let there be no words of unbelief. Let there be no words of faith. Anytime Satan speaks, you speak the word of God over him and drown the voice of the enemy. Hallelujah. Drown the voice of the enemy. Hallelujah. A young shepherd boy was able to drown the voice of the enemy before he could strike him down. Hallelujah. Until then, yes, the enemy was talking, but he was drowning the voice of the enemy every single time. Hallelujah. Never got tired of it. Many times, many people feel tired of fighting with the devil. That means your strength is small. If you feel exhausted fighting the good fight of faith, that means your strength is small. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord God Almighty. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord God Almighty by giving yourself to the word of God and seeing if there's any leak in you that is draining the spiritual strength that God is putting inside of you week after week. Check yourself. Every single person should check yourself for any leakage. 
any kind of even tiny bit of leakage that is there. It will waste the resources of God. Whatever God is investing inside of you, it will gradually leak out. Those who spend time with God, those who are in the will of God, those who are walking with God, are immobile people. They will not speak negative things. They will not speak words that are not God-glorifying, words of unbelief. The more you spend time with God, the more strength will be built up inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for blessing your people. Thank you for what you have spoken to your people this night. Lord, your word refreshes our souls. Your word revives our souls. Oh Lord, you do mighty things every single time. Lord, you had your word for this people today. You suddenly gave. Father, I pray, let this word bear much fruit, Lord. As we hear about your great name, about your great doings, about your wondrous things, week after week after week, day after day after day. Oh, Lord, I pray, let us see your kingdom come. That your people do your word. May they be doers of your word. May they be doers of your word. I pray this over this congregation, Lord. I pray this over our people, Lord. May they be doers of your word in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Holy Spirit. Father, Father, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Let there be no wastage. Let there be no leakage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Spirit of the living God, work in the hearts of your people in a deeper way, Father, Father, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let the zeal of the Lord consume your people. Draw them all the more to Jesus. Let no one be content with what you're giving them, Lord. But may they go into the highways and byways after spending time with the living God. Hallelujah. And they go in the byways and highways. Knowing that God will take their words. And will use it for his glory. When their words become his words. Hallelujah. May your people spend time in the presence of God. May people spend time in the presence of God. Oh, Father. All those who are standing by the gates of hell. May they be spared, O Lord, by our people here. May many be plucked out of the hands of the enemy. I thank you, Lord. So I pray, let this word do a deeper work in the hearts of your people. That the name of the Almighty God be exalted over all the works of darkness. That every evil spirit that is trying to open its ugly mouth, raise its ugly voice, show its ugly face, be put to shame in Jesus' name. And every dragon that is spewing venom from the pit of hell against this church and this work of God that you're doing against the servants of the Lord in this church, I curse the works of darkness in Jesus' name. And every demonic spirit that is actively working against our church people here to keep them impotent, to keep them unfruitful, 
I curse those demonic spirits in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Every evil spirit of spiritual sickness, I curse you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Let strength be imparted to your people right now in Jesus' name. Let strength be imparted to your people right now in Jesus' name. Let strength be imparted to your people right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come in every single person's life. Oh Lord. But when they go out, people may see that the kingdom of God has come into their midst. Oh Father. As your servant standing in the presence of God. Before the throne of God. According to the power and authority given to me by the almighty God. And bless your people with this blessing. That you alone can bless them with. That they may be people who trample the enemy. By doing the will of God. Submitting to God. In every area of their lives. So that Satan be subdued in their lives. In every area. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word in season. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for imparting faith through your word this night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing us your heavenly plan, your strategies. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how we can strengthen ourselves. Lord, just like David did, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mm. You said, but mighty through God to the pulling down of the structure that Satan has set up, his war machine, mm. every stronghold of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. There is no mm. plan of Satan. Hallelujah that can overcome the kingdom of God. Thank you for teaching us how to never boast in ourselves, to be extremely mindful how we speak, not only amongst Christians, but amidst unbelievers, in the office, in the marketplace, amongst family, neighbors, that we never boast of ourselves. Never give room to that, but be wise like David, Lord. Mm. As is written also in scripture, Mm. that David behaved himself wisely among the Philistines. He behaved himself wisely among Saul's people. He was feared because of the wisdom God gave this young young boy, Mm. this young man. He knew how to keep his mouth. He knew how to speak words of faith and victory. Mm. Thank you for showing us that we can have spiritual leak we can know it and you've shown us how to prevent the leak by holding our tongue by speaking your words by guarding our thoughts you said keep your heart with all diligence out of that heart comes forth everything to do with life thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord giving us the victor sword. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us also, Lord, that David's sling was hidden from the enemy until it was too late for the enemy. Lord, in your word, it says that you gave your people divine strategies, sometimes to go on a frontal attack, sometimes an ambush. Lord, sometimes you create situations, Lord, where the enemy sees water like blood. 
they hear sounds. Lord, when we walk with you, we don't have to worry about getting victory. Help us, Lord, to focus on loving you and pleasing you, knowing that you're on our side. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing your people. Thank you for hearing the cries, Father. Lord, as your servant, Lord, that there will be no more spiritual impotency, but real spiritual power to be a giant like David. To have victory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To proclaim your name. To have the burden, Lord, as he did for his nation, he could have went about his business and played with a slingshot. And kept his sheep, Lord, and played all kind of games the ancients played. This young man was filled with the Spirit of God. Help us, Lord, to have our eyes wide open, knowing that justice, equality, Lord, relief can only come ultimately by us submitting to you and following your lead, Jesus. having a burden in your zeal. Thank you, Lord. Showing us so many things to give us a normal, victorious Christian life. One that will have a legacy when we leave this world. Jesus. That we have done the will of God and God mm. is well pleased. Oh God, mm. thank you for every brother, every sister, every child mm. showing us these things. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, help us not to lose it, mm. but to keep it and treasure it and to grow in it. Mm. We thank you and praise you, Father. Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Mm. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Amen.